Plantagenet by Mike Walker Edward I Old Soldiers With Philip Jackson as Edward I and Ellie Kendrick as Queen Margaret. Wait up there, Jack. I've got to unload here. Should have used the jakes, Simmy. Scottish jakes ain't fit for Englishmen. <laughs> oh. So you're not really liking for this country, boys. You what? Who is it? What's he want, Jack? Shove off before you catch him. Ah, well, you see, there's a wee problem with that. Oh? And what would that be, Jock? Well, you see, I can't shove off. Because I live here. This is my country. And you can keep it, mate. Yeah. I intend to. As soon as I get it back from you. Oh, God! Oh, look, we're not armed. but We don't want no trouble. The pity of it is trouble wants you, my friend. Sanctus, Sanctus, Dominus Deus, Sabbath. I will go to God in the joy of my youth. I look at the man who stands beside me, so tall, so stern, so old, and I'm more frightened than I've ever been in my life before. My lord, place the ring on your bride's thumb and say... In the name of the Father... I know he's a great and terrible king and warrior, I know he's been married and widowed. I know his wife gave him 16 children before she died. I know I am a girl of 17. Stranger in a strange land. If you're in there, William Wallace, I call on you to give yourself up to the king's authority. What do you want? Who are you? John Hesselring, the sheriff. As you well know, Marion Wallace. If your man is within, we mean to have him for killings that were done. He's not here. Break down the door. You're a cruel man, Sheriff Hesselring. And you are a rebel and will pay the price for it. Is this the king's justice? Haul her up, Sergeant. No. She's dead no. meat. No. I said, haul her up. No. Madam, you may dismiss your women. Monsieur? Your women. They have prepared you? Monsieur? Dressed you? Undressed you? Monsieur? In your wedding? Your nightgown? For your night to come a-jousting? <laughs> uh, a jest, madam. Are you fond of jests? <clears throat> madam. Monsieur? Is there any chance at all, since we are man and wife, that you might manage to say something, anything other than Monsieur? Monsieur. <laughs> now, now, my dear girl, don't take on so. It's only a maidenhead. 
You'll have much more fun without it. Didn't they... Your women, didn't they instruct you? You know, cocks and hens, goats and sheep, horses and lady horses, all that sort of thing. Dry your eyes. I'm sorry, Majesty. I have the preparations, but now the moment, it is not the same. It is so very here. I dare say it is, my dear, but... You know how these things are done. We have settled the matter of Gascony. It stays English. I become a relative and give my duty for it to your brother Philip of France. And to complete the agreement, to show the marriage is a marriage. Well, we'll just have to play the game of the two-backed beast, you and I. You know we'll get a report from one of your women. I know my duty, sir. Please, avail yourself of me. Uh, shutting your eyes and clenching your teeth, Margaret, is not... Take it from someone with a bit of experience is not the best way to begin. And this, you know, is not easy for me. But you, the great and terrible king... Would you like me to tell you a story? Would you feel calmer if I did? Oh, yes, Majesty. Then, one night in the Holy Land almost 30 years ago, we were on crusade. My wife, Eleanor, had come with me, braved all the dangers, the frustrations. I loved her for that devotion. The army was stuck in front of Jerusalem, going nowhere. I made contact with the Sultan, who promised to deliver the key to the city of God to me, Prince Edward of England. Before all the kings of Europe, I would succeed where they had failed. I would be the new Lionheart. What happened? How did it come out, this plan of yours? Think of it, Margaret. The wind and the sand. Jackals howling out in the desert. A night so dark and stars so bright and thick. A man might reach up and grab a handful of light. A sentry walks the perimeter. Far enough, friends. Or not. Friend, you look like a Saracen to me, and I don't have no Saracen friends. Peace be upon you. I have papers from the Sultan for the young English lord. He will wish to see them. I don't know, I can't read. I carry the Lord Edward's ring as a pass. Can you see that? Yeah. All right, you can come through, but I'm watching you. You're all bloody scorpions as far as I know. Who is it? What do you want? I am the one you expect, my lord. You have the proof? I return your ring. Yes, it is yours. It is mine. I thank your master. Sit. Do you take wine or some water, perhaps? I have all I need. But I will sit if I may. I have come far tonight to see you, my lord. From the Sultan? From the mountains. From paradise. And you have authority to speak in the Sultan's name? I have authority to speak and act in the name of my master. And what does your master have to say to me? That in this world there is no end of the cares of princes. And that a man will be ground down as the grain between the milling stones until he is nothing but dust in a desert wind. Does that mean anything? 
I'm a practical man, my friend. If your master has something to say that I can use, then say it. As you wish. You will never take Jerusalem. This land is lost to Christendom. Go back to the north. If you stay, you will be lost also. I thought you would have a different message. Never mind. I'm not leaving until Jerusalem is regained. Tell the Sultan... My master is not the Sultan. <coughs> he is the old man of the mountains. Damn you to hell! I shall wait in paradise. Treachery! Assassin! Sir, the wound is not deep, but we believe the blade was poisoned. The queen sucked the poison from her. She is not harmed, Roger. Tell me she's safe. She is, my lord. But... What is it? The flesh around the wound. It still blackens. The infection may have spread. Sir... You must prepare your soul. Not ready, Roger. Not by a long furlong. <laughs> Got too much to do. If the flesh is rotten, cut it out. Tell the doctor, be merciless. C cut as far and as deep as he must. And cauterize the wound with fire. Queen Eleanor risked her own life without a thought. It's like the tales of Camelot, of King Arthur and his court, of his Queen Guinevere. It is so beautiful. Yes. And as I lay there, biting through the leather strap, I thought of Arthur and his knights and of what he had made. And I swore to myself, if I lived, I would make something too. I would make England one, united, a castle on a hill that would withstand every attack. King Arthur and his knights. And to remind me that in the end even Arthur died, I keep the assassin's knife. But I could not keep Eleanor. I am so sorry, Majesty, but I cannot be your Eleanor. There are many things a king can and must change, but some things, no. And I don't ask it. Just be my Margaret. Then, Majesty, I will try. And I will be your Edward. And we will get to know each other, and we shall try and do our duty as a knight and his lady should. But not this night. We'll sleep together, Margaret, but chastely. And in time... But, Majesty, what of the treaty, the sheets, the blood that must seal the deal? This blade is not poisoned. A plot hatched between us, my dear, that will forever remain between us. They always were led by their cods, those Plantagenets. Well. Well, Majesty? Oh, well, indeed. All is very well. Edward is enchanted with his new princess. My reports tell me so. He's living in a dream world. Arthur and Guinevere and all that rubbish they believe in. They have no grasp of the mind in England, Leclerc. They don't plan over there. They blunder ahead and somehow they muddle through time after time. Well, not this time. This time... Whilst Edward plays the game of the two-backed beast, France will be hunting and France will bring him down. And your orders, sir? Oh, that's simple. Get me Gascony. For a while, it seems we live in Camelot, a magic court where all the stories come out well in the end. We are happy. 
I'm with child, and in this Camelot, there are no enchantments. Here, Margaret, in this very abbey, Arthur and Guinevere have their rest. Your Majesties, welcome to Glastonbury. My Lord Abbot, it is good to be here again in this place. I promised the Queen I'd show her the tombs. You are interested, madam, in Arthur. But yes, I have many stories of the King and his knights. But how did he come to be here? Oh, no one knows, madam. When the old abbey burned in the reign of the great Henry, the, the king's illustrious ancestor... No need for flattery, Abbot. Your stipend is secure. <laughs> yes. The bodies of Arthur and his lady were discovered by the monks and brought great celebrity to our humble abbey. Soon there were hundreds, thousands, who came to view the remains. And paid well to do so, eh, Master Abbot? My lord, it is God's work. And the church's money? This tomb, it is... So... Magnificent. Suitable. I had it made 20 years ago. The name and fame of Arthur deserved a proper monument, so anyone could come and see the heart of Britain at any time. But do not some say the king will return again? Indeed they do. Should the country ever face the greatest peril, Arthur and his knights will ride forth from Avalon and defend the sacred earth of this land. Oh, well said, your majesty. Well said. Oh, well said, your majesty. The man's a fool. Not your father, surely, Ned. The abbot. Oh, he's only making a living. The whole thing's absurd. It's pageantry. The king knows how valuable that can be. Give people something larger than themselves to believe in, and they'll forget about the holes in their souls. I really don't care that much about the people, peers. Maybe you should. Oh, don't you start lecturing me, too. He does it all the time. He's the king, Ned. He wants you to be like him. But he's old and he's tired and just wants to sit around making peace and swiving with his little queen. She is tasty, though. You have to admit it. I hope at his age I'm still limber enough to joust with a dish like that. <laughs> <laughs> Down there for dancing, Gaveston. Up here for thinking. My father is weak. The country has never been stronger and more at peace with itself and the world. Is that so bad? He's weak because he gives his power away to the barons, Roger Bigard, de Bone, even Bishop Winchelsea, and they're all old men. They squat by the fire, warming their bones and remembering the battles they won 30 years ago. They want to geld the king so he disturbs neither their rest nor their money bags. Anything for a quiet life. That should be the new royal motto. Do you want war? Of course. Who doesn't? Agreed. At least amongst the young men. And I want to see a strong monarchy. After all, I'm going to be sitting on the bloody throne one day. The strength comes from the man, Ned. Not where his arse rests. The king could be on the jakes and he'd still be king. Are you saying I wouldn't? Oh, come on. We're brothers, aren't we? We swore to stand by each other when we were born. When you were my only friend, Piers. I won't forget that, ever. Then you know we think alike. We want the same thing. As things have to change. We can't live in Camelot. It's a story. It wasn't real. After we've seen the tomb, there is a joust. In the old English way. The king's finest knights prove their valor in the field of combat. Walter de Beauan, constable of the realm, salutes the king. Roger Bigot, our marshal of England, salutes the king. Thomas, Earl of Lancaster, salutes the king. John Earl of Warwick, salutes the king. Henry of Pembroke. 
salutes the king! Sir Piers Gaveston salutes the queen. Your majesty, permit me to wear your favour on this day. Should I, Edward? He's a lad. His followers are young. They'll be beaten. But if it pleases you... Mother, if I may call you so, your majesty. I hope I may be worthy of that in your eyes, Ned. Then for my sake, give your favour to my brother Piers. Ned, you're riding for a fall today. You think so, father? Mother, what do you think? I think you may wear my favour, Sir Piers, and fight valiantly, win or lose. Majesty, I am your knight, and we'll give these old men a trouncing they'll not forget, in honour of youth and beauty. Ned! With me! Yeah. Edward? It's not for a common man like Gabaston to lead a prince. I do not quite like that fellow. He is very handsome. Very, uh... Formidable. And very pushy. They fight as if the battle were real. Fifty men in armour riding at each other, clashing furiously. No quarter given nor asked. The fine edges are taken off the swords, but they're sharp enough to wound and kill if a beaten knight does not yield and give himself up as hostage. Madam, we were as good as our word. I give into your hand the vanquished who fell before our swords. Walter Devon! Who can't seem to stay on his horse anymore. Earl Warwick! Who thinks he's a mole from the dirt on his face. Henry of Pembroke! Who looks as sour as a merchant who's lost his purse. And Earl Marshal of England, the mighty Roger Bigot. Who has recently enjoyed a meal of crow, though it was not, I believe, much to his taste. Enough, Gaveston. Your pushes are forward where you're not wanted. Madam, lest you think that all Englishmen are bad-tempered grandfathers... You, Gaveston, are not English. You're a bloody Gascon. I'm the king's loyal subject, my lord. Not so much, boy. More like the prince's loyal... Have a care for your tongue. I've brought you down once today. I can do it again. You dare to talk to me in that way? One day you'll go too far, Gaviston. But not today. Oh, Piers is my friend. When you insult him, you insult me. And you, Prince, are still... Enough! Youth owes respect to age. I expect that principle to be observed in my court. Oh, Father, do we really... It will be so. Then, sir... I offer my humble apologies and deliver my captive knights to the Queen. May she do with them as she will. Damn you, Gaveston. Then, gentlemen, your forfeit is to celebrate the memory of King Arthur and bring together those who are apart. Let us, out of conflict, make peace. Well said, madam. Well said. Sergeant is all secure. It is, Sheriff. Mm. They'll not come visiting tonight. Not the weather for him. Mm, the Scots don't give a toss about the weather, my friend. They're like goats. The rain runs off them, the sun bakes them. Makes no difference either way. As you say, sir. Is there anything else? And ask my wife to come through, will you? And you can tell the kitchen we're ready to eat. Sir. 
Yes, come, my dear. We're almost ready. I... Henry, I'm not alone. What do you mean? There's someone who wants to see you. Well, this is hardly the time for petitioners. You know that, Eleanor. I... <laughs> no petition, Sheriff. Unless it's yours for mercy. Sergeant! Guards! No one's coming, Hesselrake. There's no an Englishman left alive in the house. Oh, my God, my son. <laughs> if he's a man, then he's a dead man. As are you, standing by the fire that will soon burn your soul for eternity. Lady, leave now. You didn't want to see this. Please spare him. He... He... I... He... Go, Helena. May God be with you. There's no hope for me. In this world or the next. No, before you die, Sheriff. Here is where Wallace starts. When I end, Scotland will be free. Burn it! Burn it all and scatter the ashes! You see, Leclerc? The hawk flies and hunts, but when he lands... You place a hood over his head and he is helpless. He no longer has the power of flight. So it is. Edward Plantagenet is hooded and belled. And I am master of Gascony. From conflict, let peace be born. And a son is born to us, Thomas. And we have great delight in him. <laughs> Feel that grip already. He'll hold a sword like a knife. And he'll be tall. Tall as you, maybe. Well, most of us tall men, except for John. They say he was a short man. Does it make a difference? You mean king? Of course. He must be seen to be grand. Yeah, it helps. <laughs> He's hungry. Nurse. And he must be certain and know his own mind, even if he is wrong. Uncertainty in a king is worse than death. My father, God save him, suffered from the worm of doubt. He was too good a man to rule. He thought of others, of God, of what was right and wrong, and not of what would do the job. And your son? Ned is a... a weathercock. He goes which way the wind blows. And I fear there will always be someone to blow for their advantage rather than his. Will he make a good king? Weathercocks don't, my dear. I, I sometimes wish to God that he was the man to rule. And then I might step aside and go to some monastery and read pious books. And the occasional romance, too. <laughs> <laughs> no, you could never step down from your throne. You are the king. <sighs> I'm almost 70 years old, Margaret. I've seen so much, and sometimes I am so tired. I could sleep. <laughs> Come. Your Majesty, there is a letter. You see, no rest for the king. Well, from our people in Gascony. Can't it wait? I'm afraid it can't. As he reads, 
his lips moving just a little with the words. It's as if, by the enchantment of some wizard, the walls of Camelot shatter. What is it, Edward? That horse and bastard brother of yours, madam, has lied and cheated. And may he choke on his own treacherous tongue and go down to hell where the devil will find him a fit companion and God can crap burning turds on his shite-eating head. The snake has gone back on his word and marched into Gascony. Two of our garrisons hold out. He offers them terms. He offers in my province. What do you know of this, madam? Nothing. How could I? Does he think he can buy me off with a young wife? He's wrong if he does. There are wives enough and to spare. Sir, you do yourself no honour with such words. This is your son. I am your wife. Madam, I'm sorry. Bigot, summon the council. Sir. God help me. Will it never end? What will you do? I thought I was done. It seems God is not done with me. I am tired, Margaret. That's what Philip rests his hopes on. An old, tired man. Well, while I have strength left, no bastard son of a bitch is getting the better of Edward Longshanks. Gascony has been invaded. Philip has been treacherous. He's been French, then. <laughs> Indeed, Roger. He offers with one hand, takes with the other. Well, we shall simply have to take back. May not be that easy, sir. Archbishop, you do the praying, I'll do the fighting. <laughs> and who will do the paying, Your Majesty? Wars aren't cheap. Wars cost. A lot. Yeah. Indeed, and that's why I've come to the council. As the law dictates, I should. Sir, no one disputes your ability as a leader of men. Yeah, yeah. A strategist. A warrior. Mm. But it isn't about that anymore. It's about the money. I am aware of that, gentlemen. And the money is about the taxes on the church. And on the people. You've pacified Wales. Scotland is quiet for now. But the cost, sir, has been great. Roger, I need an army. We can't lose Gascony. National prestige is a stake. You've asked for too much too often. You must listen to your counsel, sir. You too, de Bone. I'm Constable of England. It's my duty to speak. For your treasure chest. There's no treasure left, sir. You cannot have what there is not. Is the game worth the gamble? This is the last shred of Henry's Angevin Empire. Philip of France must be stopped. Grant me taxes or no, I will have my army. Roger, I call upon you to go to Gascony and settle this matter. Offer him peace. If he doesn't take it, give him war. Don't ask me to do this, Edward. In memory of our long friendship... But I must. Then I can't. By God, Earl, either you'll go or you'll hang! By the same oath, I will neither go nor hang. It cannot be done, sir. We have to negotiate. The rest of you? We think alike. It's not the money and goods alone. It is the ancient liberties. Archbishop. You may care to think that in the end, the ancient liberties are generally saved by a platoon of soldiers.
I won't give me the money. Then take it. You're the king. That's what Ned would do. What he wants me to do. Or perhaps it's what Gaveston wants me to do. But they're wrong. They can't see things have changed. Thrones aren't lost by revolt. But when those who sit on them can no longer read the signs of the times. Englishmen have come to know the throne and the king are not the same. They'll respect and give loyalty to the one. But if the other displeases them, they'll change it for a better fit. It's a different world. My father fought his whole life against it. But I saw it coming and I made it happen. And now I have to live with it. And Philip will walk away with Gascony. Maybe he won't. You know my brother's no warrior. If you can face him with an army, he will back down. Even when I was a child, I could always win an argument if I got really angry with him. Don't you see, Margaret? I have no army. I'm not Merlin. I can't magic it from the air. And somehow, I don't think King Arthur will be riding out to fight by my side. There is no Lancelot, no Galahad, no Gawain. There's only an old king. But a king of England. With no army. Then speak to England. My lord, speak to your Englishmen. People of England, I stand before you as your king, Edward by name, so called because my father loved the English martyr, Edward the Confessor, and made a shrine to him and named me in his honor. There is a new and great treachery made by France. France has stolen English land. Land held by us since the time of Brutus and King Arthur. I stand here today as your king. I am your house, your wall, your castle. Whilst I live, no Frenchman will take from you what is yours. Sacred rights. The Parliament and the Council will not pay for more wars. They would sue for peace and allow Frenchmen to strut on English land. I go to fight for England and cast down the French thief. I may not return. You will, sir. I will die in battle as your champion if God so wills it. And I ask you now to acclaim my son, young Edward, as my successor if my spirit should depart its earthly home in Gascony. And I say be damned to the council and the old men. <laughs> Who here will go along with Edward Longshanks and take a short walk in Gascony to kick the arse of French felons? At last, he's gone. Do you feel free? Not really. I'm regent, but the council still runs things and they'll do so as long as he allows it. Well, maybe you should do something about it, whilst you have the chance. You are, after all, the Prince of Wales. But he'll be back. Well, he might die out there. It can't go on forever. Well, sometimes it seems like he can, Piers. You know I was never the first choice. Think how that feels. 
I'll be king because I lived when my brothers did not. God ordains these things. Well, I wish he'd ordained differently. Maybe God has a special purpose for you in his mind. Maybe it'll be your task to return the throne to what it was in old Henry's day <laughs> and under the Lionheart. Maybe you are the once and future king. Could that be possible? For the king, anything is possible. So you are here, Edward, not at home with your wife. She sends her regards, by the way. Does she really? No, Philip, not really. She thinks you're a snake. She always had a sharp tongue, but a pretty girl, eh? Did you hope she'd keep me at home swiving? I surmise that at your age, perhaps you no longer felt the trouble of Gascony worth the effort or the cost. Let's not play games. We both know you're as strapped for cash as I am. They call you Philip the Fair because of your golden locks. But your soldiers have a different name. Philip the Unfair, who never pays his men on time. We have similar problems. Here's something I've learnt. Even at my age, men will fight to save their lives because they are well paid or because they believe in something. My men fight for glory. They'll get it. Your men fight for money. They won't. But it doesn't have to be this way, Philip. What are you talking about? I confess that I had rather hoped things would turn out differently, but now, well, I can hardly turn tail and run, can I? No elan there. Your daughter, Isabella, my son, Ned. We'll marry them. An alliance. You leave Gascony in a casual sort of way. It'll seem like this was all a diplomatic mission and not a war at all. It could be done? We could do it. Then I ask, what war, cousin? It is, as you say, a joyous occasion. France and England. England and France. A detail. Who comes to blows over a detail? And once again, peace and prosperity will reign. For Scotland and Wallace, let no one English bastard remain on our sacred soil! Man of God, I would talk with you on the truth. What do you have to say, Bishop? It seems to me God's not been of your party this day. In the church, I have only women, children, the old and wounded. We're no threat to you. I beg you, Wallace, in all mercy, let us go. We offer our surrender. Can you offer what's been taken, Bishop? Your rate no longer runs in this nation. But then before God, Grant us mercy and we will go. Before God, there is no mercy. Burn the church! Any that try and escape, cut them down! Is there never to be a moment when I am left in peace? What can I do? Tell me. Am I a horse dragging its load long after there's reason or hope or an end in sight to the road ahead? Well, have you nothing to say to me? 
Haven't I been your man these 65 years? Do you demand more? Why did you spare me from the assassin's knife only to drag my life out under this burden? What do you want? What do you want of me? Husband? Margaret, I can't hear him. He has nothing to say anymore. Perhaps you are not listening. I want to sleep. But I can't trust any of them. Bigot has been my friend since we were boys. Ned is my son. Winchelsea and the church and all the rest, each one is for himself and I alone am for England. Maybe that is your answer, Edward. For England. A castle on a hill, didn't you say, that will stand against all? This world and everything in it, Margaret, it sweeps through our lives like a flood. We are picked up by the waters and cast up to the shore or down to our ends. All of our grand designs, our great thoughts and highest hopes can be swept away in a moment. Even our castles on a hill. The waters will eat away their foundations and the walls will fall. So what can we do, Edward? Even if all our hopes are drowned, won't our children still be there? Won't they need us? Won't England need you still? What can we do? <laughs> we can get on with it, Margaret. Climb off our knees and get a move on. <laughs> Help me up. I have much to do. This Wallace plunders with impunity. Every day he remains at large, his allies see English power is less and believe themselves to be kings. And once the fire of ambition takes hold, the whole house is at risk. Fire can burn he who raises it, sir. But not he who resolutely pisses on it to burn. Whereas he who pisses into the wind... Take care, Master Gaveston. I know where I stand, sir. Do you? This is our business too, de Bowen. So far, Prince, your business has been spending money and playing games. Forgive me if I find it difficult to see you or your friend here as serious men in serious times. This is not a joust. No, it's war, and war is a young man's game, so I suggest you leave it to us. There have been disagreements between parties. Things have been said and done that were unwise and hasty. All that must be forgotten now. There is a greater threat. The threat to the law and the charter is great too, sir. If you go against the council... I stand by the law, Earl, that I swear. Father, don't listen to them. The times call for action. Mm. Wallace isn't going to care if your armies have the law behind them or Parliament's support. Victory is worth any price. No, Ned, it isn't. We go united or we go down. Roger, last time we spoke... You wouldn't go with me to war. I ask you now, will you ride beside me? Didn't Master Gaveston say we're getting a bit old for this sort of game, Your Majesty? This is no Gascony, this is England. And if the Council finds the money, you'll stand behind your words. The law is safe with me. No, Father, you are giving them too much. Ned, bide your time. Come, let us leave them. Well, Roger, can it be done? It won't be easy, sir. It never is. It never was, and it never will be. But it's what we do, eh? Old soldiers? Old soldiers, sir. But in a new world, 
where money talks louder than princes. If we are to do this... And we must. Then there will be a price. You see, Piers, he dances to their tune. He's no choice. So long as they hold the key to the treasury, they have the power. But only as long as things remain unchanged. What are you thinking, Ned? They have land and power. They look down on you because you have neither. I'm thinking it's time we altered the balance a little. Father, I have a favour to ask of you. Grant it, and you'll have the whole of the younger party behind your wall. What do you want, Ned? That I might give the county of Ponthieu to Piers Gaveston and ennoble him as the count of that place. You want to give my land away? To a nobody? You, who never in his life gained enough earth to plant your feet? Father, Piers is my friend. He's as close to me as a brother. I value his advice and his support. I think he needs a position that will lend his voice the authority it deserves. You value him too much. Gaveston makes enemies unwisely. They look down on him because he has a sharp eye and a sharper tongue and will take hard words from no man. What is he, Ned? What does he have apart from those sharp wits? Does he have family or land? Does he have money apart from what you give him or what you wish me to give him? He's always supported you and your policies. No, he's supported himself and his policies, which are to rise in this world on your shoulders. And you can't afford to allow it. Princes and kings cannot be ruled by their favourites. I won't grant your favour. You have no cause to treat him or me in this way. The cause is the kingdom, Ned. You must learn that if you are ever to rule well. When I rule, father, I will rule as king. No, you rule as need allows you. There is a price to be paid for everything. What do you mean? Gaveston must go. No. He is my brother and my friend. If I am to have an army and the support of the barons, Gaveston must be exiled. That is part of their price. I won't allow it. You won't allow? They cut your balls off, father. They've made you weak. You awesome bastard. You speak to me of weakness. <laughs> by God, if I could do it now without breaking up the kingdom, I'd see that you never, ever sat on my throne. You'll do as you're told, boy, and like it. No. You're wrong. We'll destroy all that I have built. You never trusted me. Will you take this crown, this kingdom, and fritter it away? You never had time He'll for me. You'll be exiled to France. You will stay. You never loved me. Love is for women and babies. <laughs> now go. Go. <sighs> no. No, not yet. Not ready. Not by a long furlough. Got too much to do. You know, an army on the march has a special sort of smell. Horse shite and sweat. <laughs> Grease from the mobile kitchens. Hot metal from the farriers and hot sex from the whores. <laughs> <laughs> it's what we do, eh? I love this, Roger. Always have. It's been 30 years since those battles with the Montfort. And being in the saddle, feeling that tightness in your gut, knowing it all rests in God's hands now. Well, yes, but God does expect a grasp of tactics and strategy. 
It's not just because he likes you, Edward. Wallace fights for Scotland, but his followers fight for themselves first and their country second. Believe me, if we can unbalance Wallace, they'll sell him for their own advantage. Roger, next time I go on about the glory of war, remind me of this night. If our armor doesn't rust by morning, we can give thanks to God. I believe the Scots call this a fine soft evening or some such thing. <laughs> Sleeping in armor somehow isn't the fun it used to be when I was 20. And my bloody horse stepped on me when I was trying to rest. <laughs> we can't take the chance of standing down. Wallace could fall on us at any time. Blood. There's blood, Edward. Uh, it's nothing. Leave it. Sergeant? He's out there, my lord. His forces are drawn up on the hill, pikemen to the fore. Well, that'll take some getting through. How many? Less than half our numbers, I'd say. Then we strike a dawn. Not you, sir. Let us. Miss the battle. I don't think so, Roger. It may be the last chance I ever get to fight in the saddle. At first light, we put our trust in God. And an outflanking movement. And a liberal handout of English gold to the nobles of Scotland. <laughs> I wish I'd been there, Ned. It should have been our battle, our victory. It's wasted on the old. Wallace got away, they say. So they say. His own men stood by him, but the rest, the Scottish nobility, didn't care to sacrifice themselves for the glory of Wallace. They believe their day will come. Well, ours appears. I fear that Bigard and the others have won a double victory. A skirmish, but not a war, Ned. We have the greatest ally of all. Time is on our side and against the king. They try to keep his wound hidden, but at his age? Now he's gone on to take Stirling Castle. We have only to wait and offer no cause for censure. To do nothing is to do everything. I need your advice, as always. I need you beside me, Piers. There are messengers. We'll not be lost to each other. And you will be king. And we will change things then. Aye, we will. I'll remember this when I am king. Who were our friends and who our enemies? I will neither forget nor forgive. And now it's a fine day for a sea voyage. God save you, Ned. God save you, Peter. Takes 30 wagons to move it. Needs three days to set it up. Nothing like it has ever been seen in the world before. It'll hurl a 300-pound rock faster than the eye can follow. It's the future of warfare. Sir, that word from the castle. They're ready to surrender. What, before my war wolf has tasted blood? Tell them, Roger. Tell them they surrender at my will, not theirs. That's it. Prime her well. Full force. Let's teach them a lesson they won't forget! If they're shitting their britches before she hells, 
Then it'll be liver and lights after she's done. Must they really wait, sir? They must, madam. Not for their benefit, but for every Scottish leader who thinks he can stand against me. We need to finish this once and for all. <laughs> I'm glad you've come, my dear. We'll enjoy this. Seat for the Queen there. Seat for the Queen. I'm glad I've come because someone needs to take care of you, Edward, since you won't take care of yourself. Time enough for rest when I'm dead. Sergeant! On your word, sir! Let her out! By the Lord! The whole wall's down! Another! Before they run up the surrender! Don't worry, sir! If they do, we'll just knock the whole bloody tower over! Now, Paul! Break your back! Uh, madam, war. War is better than hunting. <laughs> is war better than love? Aren't they the same? One makes babies and the other makes corpses. <laughs> and aren't all babies bound for corpses in the end? In the end, yes. But for now, I have a request of you. Yes? Your son. You must welcome him back to your side. <laughs> Gaveston has gone? To France. Well, that price has been paid. And Ned should be beside his father. He might learn something useful. He's not you, but he cares for your interests. You should trust him better. The king can trust no one except himself and God. And God, as we know, doesn't talk. I know the boy is weak and desperately wants to seem strong. Give him time. He'll learn. Weakness, Margaret, is a quality like tallness. It doesn't learn and it doesn't change. <laughs> we'll see. But for now, let me rest. I'm tired. Today was a victory. So sleep in peace tonight. Mm. And tomorrow? Shh. It's another day. You're mm. a good crowd, Sir William. Maybe go to the devil. My business is with my saviour. I commend my country to his mercy. I was betrayed by Scotland, but I did not betray Scotland. They'll need all the mercy they can get after our King Edward's done with them. Stop your blathered man and get on with it. As you say. Now, this is going to hurt. I tell you this truly. There is no gift like liberty. Scots never live a slave. After the last victory, things change. Edward is terrible in his reprisals against the Scots. It's as if he knows there's little time and so much to do. Once we had talked of bringing peace from conflict. Now there is only conflict. The King is in council. Your Majesty, the news from Gascony is not good. King Philip has walked out of negotiations. He'll be back. There's nowhere else to go. France can wait. Scotland cannot. This Lord Robert Bruce, he's broken the King's peace. Killed a man in front of God's holy altar. He means insurrection. I agree. 
We must intervene before it goes too far. I said building wooden castles would not hold the country. You know we can't afford stone. And we can't afford another army either. Men won't come without money. They will if the king leads. Edward, you cannot. Whilst I can hold a sword and ride a horse, my dear, I can. Englishmen will come to follow my banner. I don't need to fight. I doubt if I could do that anymore. But I may be seen. And to see Edward Longshanks as your captain is no small thing. To die is no small thing. <laughs> that, Margaret, the poorest man in the kingdom can do that. That's nothing special. But to be the king and to lead, that's something else entirely. That is duty. Sometimes I wish we could be free of duty. Would Arthur have said that? Or Guinevere? <laughs> They're in their tomb now, but... They live forever. Thank you. What do you mean? For caring about this old man. If I don't come back, remember you are young still. And, and after you, there are no other men... My lord. Last time we were here, you thought you'd be fighting your last battle. And this time I will, won't you? Now, won't you stop and rest? Get warm, at least. A day or two can't make any difference. You know that isn't true. Who goes fast catches the stag. Who lags loses. <laughs> Remember de Montfort? <laughs> I remember his head on a pike. <laughs> oh, we've seen some difficult times together, Edward. That's for sure. The man who wanted to kill me in the Holy Land told me, in this world there is no end of cares for princes, and that a man will be ground down as the corn between the milling stones until he is nothing but dust in the desert wind. I am Edward Plantagenet, and I am dust. And we got through in the end. We'll get through this. Edward. My lord. They bring him home. My great and terrible king, my Arthur. And everywhere he passes, Englishmen stand by the way and mourn his passing. We bury him in the abbey amongst his forefathers. There his body rests, but his memory. I told you, Ned, time was on our side. More than time enough, Pierce. England has a king now who is not afraid to rule. And that king has a brother in arms. There are going to be a few changes around here. Believe me, we'll start with the council and then parliament. Let's show them who we are, Pierce. But what about the Scots? Bother the Scots. We've got a kingdom waiting for us. <laughs> so, 
Let's go and get it. <laughs> In Plantagenet by Mike Walker, Edward I was played by Philip Jackson, Margaret by Ellie Kendrick, Ned by Sam Troughton, Gaveston by Simon Bubb, and Wallace by James Laley. Other parts were played by Sean Baker, Brian Bowles, Jonathan Forbes, Niasha Hatendi, Stuart McLaughlin, Joanna Monroe, Peter Polycarpu, Daniel Rabin, Alan Raglan, and Jane Whittenshaw. Plantagenet is directed by Jeremy Mortimer and Jessica Drumgoole. Tomorrow, the turbulent reign of Edward II, who became known as a man governed by his passions, while his wife began an affair with his most powerful earl. Amazing characters from the history of science. It's astonishing to think that Marion's work from 300 years ago is still relevant. She probably deserves the title of the world's first ecologist. The fascinating stories behind scientific discoveries. Alcuin's faith in the value of learning for its own sake was unparalleled. It wasn't much like science as we think of it today. Nothing in the Middle Ages really was. With Philip Ball and Naomi Alderman. I think it underlines her unrelenting determination to understand the natural world. She was well ahead of her time. Science Stories, now available on the BBC Radio 4 website. BBC Radio 4 Extra. Hello, Jim Lee here, 